my day ah, happy Okay everybody, welcome back to another special episode of The Beat Is this a special edition? Special edition, every day is wow. a special edition now there man. Uh, Nick Baumgartner here of course along with Brandon Quinn Colton Pouncey <laughs> joining us again uh, so we'll get a little Michigan State uh, flavor in this episode. Austin and I, of course, yesterday talked things from Michigan's point of view. As you all know by now, the Big Ten will not be playing football uh, this fall. Uh, neither will any other sport, I suppose, any other fall sport in the Big Ten this fall. As everything's been postponed, as we all knew about in what was, gentlemen, uh, the strangest and probably most inevitable, but also strangest week of college football, whatever major college athletics that I've seen in 15 years doing this, whatever it's been. Um, I don't know where to start. I didn't know where to start yesterday, but uh, if anybody else has anything to get rolling here, we can we can jump off it and then get into the Michigan State stuff. I, I just hope that like five years from now, there is some return, right, to yep. what we know college sports to look like. Obviously, vastly different, but generally the <laughs> same thing. Uh, and that we're all still employed. Yes. And that we can just sit at a bar at some point and just kind of be like, God, remember that like second week of August in uh, <laughs> that year when everything just went fucking crazy. In the span the, it all rusted out. 12 hours when like, I mean, there was so much to decompress. Yeah. I was trying to think of it this morning of like just everything that happened this week. And like, like we'll be talking about it years from now. And it's like, remember when like, President Trump just randomly, accidentally supported player unions. <laughs> accidentally? <laughs> among, <laughs> among other things to happen that week. And, you know, the media is being blamed, and then the media is not being blamed. And it's just, uh, yeah, what a time to be alive. Colton, you're like, you're still uh, so, like, f- fresh out of uh, school that – um, like how many years you've been doing this, man? Three. I graduated in 2017. Like sometimes I I wonder, like guys like your age, like man, I'm just fascinated by like the fact that like you don't remember when there was like like all reliance on newspaper deadlines in terms of the news cycle and things like that, or you like weren't around pre Twitter and anything like that. Like <laughs> what a time uh, that was. <laughs> <laughs> The, the fact that, like, you're only a couple years into it and, like, this is now your, like, baseline of just crazy shit that can happen. I'm like, yeah. wow, man. What, what, a, uh, what a fascinating outlook you're going to have on this job, like, when you're our age. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like I was kind of, like, born into the darkness. Of, like, yeah. You know, it's like Twitter age and everything going on. Forged uh, by fire. Right. <laughs> so, that's def- it's definitely been, like, and it, you know, like I'm again, like I'm used to it. Like the news cycles move fast, but it it's felt like it's been like Friday for the past like three days, and just like <laughs> I don't know how to process all of this information coming in. And people are asking us a ton of questions, like, "Oh, where do we go mm-hmm. from here? What are the financial ramifications? What are the long term effects?" It's like, dude, this just happened two days ago. <laughs> like, yeah. keep that in perspective here. So, I, like, so many questions are going to have to come up in the next like month or so, like the next like year, two years, three years, five years down the road, like a lot of these questions will still be answered, uh, you know, around that time. So it's definitely weird, um, but we're still so fresh into it. So like, we don't have a ton of answers ourselves, obviously. 
It was very um, realignment era like. I thought. Yeah. You remember the realignment period of yeah. college athletics? It was. I can't ever remember the dates, but I started covering the Big Ten right as after Nebraska had come in. So there was still a lot of that buzz and obviously went through the Maryland Rutgers. But the first, that Big 12 collapse and all that stuff, I mean, this is what this reminded me of. But Twitter now compared to Twitter then, holy shit, it's not even close. So everything just got so fried and so haywire. And, you know, now you see, I mean, you see these coaches coming out with with statements now because none of them want to talk to anybody because mm-hmm. they say, if I say something to you and you parse my word wrong or put it in the wrong, you know, I get, I get, mm-hmm. and I can't even blame them. I mean, there was so much misinformation, so many have-truths that came out over the weekend on Monday with people just running around trying to do I don't know what, looking for whatever. It made everything so much worse than it needed to be, but we deal with that. That's, that's what Colton said. We all deal with that now, every day. I mean, this is just sort of what we have to deal with. I was happy to see, though, that us here, we kept things, you know, in the strike zone. But, I mean, that, that's difficult to do when all that stuff is flying, you know, a million miles, miles an hour. And that was uh, that was hairy. That was a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. It was uh, a surreal couple days there, for sure. How many times, just for the record, how many times was the Big Ten season canceled? Like 107. I don't know. Right. I mean, and then it was <laughs> I mean, it's just like, Give but like, take. again, like. Austin, I talked about this yesterday, you know, everyone knew by Sunday, if you talk to anybody at any higher level, the the, the Big Ten was leaning toward canceling and they were going to do it Tuesday right. or Wednesday. Yeah. And they were going to hope that the rest of these leagues joined them. And, you know, word got out that they were leaning that way. And then people jumped, you know, a little further and then had to jump back. And then the Big Ten had to jump. I don't know. It was a whole thing. And all I did at the end of it was feel terrible for the players and everybody else on campuses that had to go through it all and, and all that sort of thing, which is part of what we want to talk about today with Colton with um, Michigan State's process. Then we get to the rest of this, I guess. Um, but Colton, Michigan State, like everybody else, uh, had to figure out a way to make this work. They had to also pause workouts uh, at a time, you know, in June or July or whatever it was, heading into camps. Uh, trying to thread a needle to a mer- through a moving target, it was impossible. Everything else, just kind of walk us through sort of their uh, their Tuesday there, I guess it was. Um, or, yeah, Tuesday was the day everything fell apart, right? Yeah. So <laughs> their Tuesday and sort of, or maybe even their Monday and Tuesday as they kind of went forward there. Yeah, so obviously when like the rumors that, you know, this decision was coming, like on Sunday started to kind of float out there, I think, uh, I think I saw that Michigan State, they were supposed to have like a, more organized practice on Monday, but they had a lighter day. And Tuesday, they were going to have like have an actual practice. Um, you know, I'm sure they just wanted all the time they could get while they had it, even though they kind of knew the decision was coming. Um, but you know, once the word was final, you know, uh, you know, it, it kind of spread from the president's level to the AD, and Bill Beepin found out. Bill Beepin passed on to Alan Haller. Alan Haller goes over to practice, which I think started around like 1 p.m. On Tuesday, uh, at this point, it was like basically two o'clock, and he runs over, tells Mel, "Like, hey, we're postponed." On the field. On the field. Yeah. So Mel grabs a microphone, like, and informs the entire team, "Hey guys, like, we got it. We got to shut down. You know, it's we're not going to play this fall." And you can kind of mm-hmm. see, like, they they released a whole video to it, which is funny because I saw one of their like video guys tweet saying that they had filmed. They had players kind of like sitting down in a chair and saying, we'll be back, right? Like that was done before the news came. So they knew it was coming. And he's like, I was hoping we wouldn't have to use this, but 
we did just put the footage in the can there yeah, yeah. so like they, they really slow video said we'll be back and like it was like it was sad i'm not gonna lie it was like depressing when you see stuff like that and i was over at the football building like around 45 minutes after the news came or, or kind of around that time i was kind of in the parking lot when like we got the official word at that point and players were slowly like trickling out like in street clothes at this point had like their black garbage bags over their shoulders with like some of their belongings and it looked like literally the end of a season when they're cleaning out their lockers but in mind this is august before well before the season even started so it was just kind of a surreal like view and to see it real time to see the players walking out like they knew their season was done and i was just you know as a football fan it was, it was just kind of sad to see okay everybody college football has been canceled for the fall but apparently it is still beach season uh brendan is going to the beach this weekend he says uh, hopefully not to terrify everyone uh, once he takes his shirt off because he's probably been manscaping as it's your favorite uh, favorite ad read here on The Athletic and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. Manscaping, the Manscaped experience, uh, is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. Manscaped, of course, is a dedicated experience tool kit helping you to groom your body in areas outside of your face. As we all know, the Perfect Package 3.0 kit comes with the Essential Lawnmower 3.0 Waterproof Cordless Body Trimmer, a ton of other liquid formations to round out your routine. This is a skin safe situation, folks. So there will be no um, cuts or nicks or issues in sensitive areas uh, down below the belt, uh, <laughs> above the belt, uh, on the back, chest, whatever it is. I think we need to get one of these as a uh, free trial at some point. You also got the crop cleanser, clean your hair and your keep your skin self, uh, skin healthy, all of that great stuff. Crop Preserver uh, is an anti-chafing ball deodorant, as we all know what that's for, and moisturizer. Uh, Manscaped, of course, a popular product for all. Uh, makes a great gift if anybody's got a birthday coming up. Uh, Christmas, as we continue to go through quarantine years, is around the corner, so I'm sure that uh, is maybe something that you can think about. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. So once again, that is get 20% off with free shipping with the code theathletic20 at manscaped.com. Nick, can I just tell you, if you ever gave me some ball deodorant, that would really cement, the, cement this friendship finally. The perfect, the perfect gift, gift for you. Absolutely, man. Would ball deodorant, so the shed travel bag, $39 value, of course. What a, what a, what a great, I mean, Mike, we got to get one of these uh, for all of us here, the three of us here. So this is a, but any event, <laughs> that's 20% off with free shipping, free shipping at manscaped.com. Use promo code theathletic20. For a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts. The Shed Travel Bag, which we've established here, $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped Boxer Briefs. So go to manscaped.com today and use that code, THEATHLETIC20. It felt like 100 coaching changes happened simultaneously. Yeah. It did. It felt like 100 coaches got fired and a new thing was going to happen all at once. Because all these kids, I mean, they're just, I mean, I've, I've covered coaching searches and we all have, Colton has too, we all have now. And you've been around those players when that happens and the look on their face is always one of just like, what in the hell is going to happen with my life next? I have no idea. And that's what it was. Again, I mean, and it's unfortunate that these kids go through this shit all the time, but like, you know, with that sort of uncertainty, but this one, this one takes the cake for me. I mean, Colton just kind of said it there. Alan Haller had to walk across campus onto the practice field while they were out there practicing because they'd been given no guidance. And this mm -hmm. is this is for everybody. This is every team in the league. They'd been given no guidance at all. 
They're out there trying to work. They're out there trying to do what the Big Ten asked them to do, what they've been doing for, you know, six, seven, eight weeks. And they have to be told on the field via a blower, <laughs> like, hey, uh, apparently the season's been canceled. Sorry, thanks for your efforts. We'll figure this out. I mean, it's just like, put yourself in those situations. I mean, all that happened with everybody. On Saturday, when the Big Ten said, out of nowhere, we're, we're stopping everything in terms of, you know, all those teams are on the field. Had to be told in the in real time. The coaches, you talk to any coach in the country right now, and they just tell you, no one has told us, no one has told us anything. And that is their frustration level, and it's totally understandable, even as the decision to stop playing was also understandable. So it's just an impossible deal all the way around. Yeah, I mean, just the yeah. the lack of leadership at the top, which we've talked about before, it's just, yep. it's, it's the worst for the kids, you know, because they come back on campus, you know, they're ready to work out, and then you have to shut down because of, you know, COVID spreading, and obviously you want to keep them safe, but... Michigan State probably could have used that time to kind of prepare a little bit more. Um, they quarantine for two weeks. They come back. You know, it's August. Like, it's football season. They're ready to go. They get the schedule. Uh, and I'm sure even though Commissioner Warren was kind of saying, like, look, this is not, like, a set-in-stone thing. I just want you guys to know that. Like, we're going to release this. But, you know, uh, just keep that in mind. I'm sure once the schedule is out and you see you're playing, you're pumped, you know, as, as a player. And then, you know, you get on the field with your new staff and – you're trying to like make a name for yourself out there and press the guys and, and make a good impression. You don't even have a good, you don't even get a chance to do that before your season's called off. And all of a sudden you're just walking out of the facilities with a black trash bag on your, on your shoulder. You know, it's, it's rough. The, that was the mortal th- sin yes. in this, in this thing is, is releasing that schedule mm-hmm. um, and not building it. Right. Like they should have been working on that schedule all the way along. And the way right. that I'm, I've been led to understand it, that schedule even had built-in flexibility that if it needed to be pushed yep. toward October or something like that, like it had certain kind of attributes to it that made it. Yeah, they had double bias. Offered some flexibility, right? Um, but you didn't have to release it until you knew that this was a full, full go operation. Um, you know that these teams were actually going to be taking the field and stuff um, because that. Like and Nick and I have, have talked a lot about how coaches have reacted to this stuff and all these guys going rogue and people putting out their own statements and blah blah mm-hmm. blah. That's what was at the root of that. Yeah. Is that um, Nick? I thought you, I think you said it though. The one point of like kind of felt like they were sold a bill bill of goods or something oh, yeah. like that, um, only to have it taken away. So um, how that happened is still beyond me. And that there's that's yeah, something that to be answer. right to be. Um, deconstructed, reconstructed, whatever here is of how that was allowed to happen. I think part of it was a sense that it's like, okay, it's early August and there wasn't a schedule out at that point. And it's like the season, if you're going to play it, is in a month. So Mm -hmm. really, if you're going to make this decision and you have this information with like, you know, the heart issues and things that like kind of led us here, if you had that information early August and you were thinking about shutting down the season anyway, just shut down the season, just announce it right then and there. There's really no point in releasing a schedule unless you're like intent on playing or at least like waiting until the last minute to call it off. So like it was kind of this gray area in between where the players were confused. Even back in late July, you saw Jordan Reed, Michigan State's right tackle, who's questioning the NCAA and the Big Ten and like we need some answers here. And it's like you guys had this information. Um, so I, I feel like they could have come to a decision in early August just to say we're shutting this down because – to release the schedule and then days later just take it all away. That's just kind of cruel and brutal for the players, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I go back even further. I go back to June when they brought them back mm-hmm. and they announced the plan to restart and go conference only or whenever that was. And um, 
Was that June or was that July? The conference only was maybe early July, and then June was when yeah. they brought him back. So they bring him back, and this whole time, right, has been throughout the whole shutdown, was our focus is on trying to play in the fall. Yeah. Okay? They bring him back. They ask him to go through all these crazy, you know, safety, health and safety protocols and everything else that involves, you know, testing constantly, uh, masks and, and shields and distance locker rooms and meetings that are impossible to hold and all this stuff that's like, hey, figure out how to make this happen. We don't really know what to tell you, but, you know, figure it out. And all these teams, as they often do, dove headfirst into it and tried everything they could and spent two months doing that only to hear, okay, we're going to have a conference-only schedule, but, you know, we'll release a schedule at some point, and uh, it'll be okay. Just keep, you know, whatever. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep mm-hmm. doing what you're doing. They kept being told, keep doing what you're doing, like what you were doing was just, like, busy work and not, like, dangerous, uh, pretty stressful, you know, high-level stuff that was pretty, you know, I mean, anxiety-riddled would be probably a grave understatement. I mean, they were put through hell in mm-hmm. so, in so many ways, all those folks, you know, players, coaches, staffers, everybody, and they just weren't told. They were led to believe they were operating as if the league had a plan when it didn't have a plan. And that's just, like, we all go back to the schedule release and the ceremonial stuff and going on BTN and and we kept hearing from folks, well, Kevin Warren warned everyone that this is possibly not, it's whatever, man. Like we know <laughs> that it wasn't possible, but like you made them go through the whole thing. And then we get two days after the schedule and suddenly something happens that terrifies you more than you were terrified two days prior. And you decide to just can the whole thing. That's a shock to the system as much as anything else. And it's something that, you know, it's going to take guys and gals and everybody else a long time to process it. And I think that's obviously still going on right now is they just don't know what to do. I mean, any coach you talk to in football right now is like, I don't know what to tell them. We're going to work out voluntarily until we're told otherwise. And who tells us that? I don't know. You know, that's the hard part. Yeah. Part of the frustration comes from like, okay, what what changed in the last like few days, you know, from the time the schedule was released to now where you're deciding and making these calls on just like postponing the season altogether, what changed? And people talk about like the, the heart issues of yeah. COVID. It's like that information has been out there. Like oh, sure. these guys yeah. have known for months. So it's like, was there just new data that was kind of given to them at this point where it just accelerated things to a point where we cannot play or was it just, hey, this is going to come eventually, like, sorry, we released the schedule, but this is what it is, you know, and I think people are kind of confused by that. Part of the other confusion is just everyone's doing their own That's thing. The yeah. That's yeah. just, it's just craziness having um, coaches putting out their own statements separate from the school, you know, like I said in the, the one tweet, right? Harbaugh releases a, a list of um, things that his program's done, right? And, yeah. and, Kudos to them for for what Michigan did and, and and took things seriously and did things the right way. But that statement made it sound as if the football team was independent of the athletic department, yeah. where the athletic department was shutting down sports two weeks ago and has a has its own set of circumstances. So, like, you can't just th- these are not like what what what's best for you and only you. Like everything is part of something larger. Football program is part of a. Uh, athletic department. The athletic department is part of a university. The university is part of a conference. That's part of the NCAA. Like 
it's not just do whatever the fuck you want. And, well, and, and, oh, it's in Nebraska, please. I mean, there you go. Well, but, yeah, but they, they learned was, that lesson the hard way, I think, when they uh, looked at some numbers today. Yeah. But, but that's but, why the whole thing is such a mess, because that's exactly what it defaults to every single time any sort of crisis happens. And obviously, this is unlike anything we've ever seen. But all of these structural issues have been, have been there and been well documented for many, many years. And it just continues to be ignored. I saw this morning um, Dan Murphy at ESPN was writing about um, some uh, proposals from, from legislatures. Uh, Senators Cory Booker uh, had uh, proposals and ideas about not only NIL, but revenue, all this stuff, right? Revenue sharing, everything else. And some of the quotes that come out of that are just like, you know, at some point, these presidents and the people who run these universities are going to have to take their head out of the 80 feet of sand that they're buried in and say, this college football thing, this billion dollar business that these kids are basically running and make no money on cannot exist in an amateur setting anymore. So whatever college football becomes... It can't exist inside the same structure that all these other sports exist in. It makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. It hasn't made sense in forever. I mean, it's been at least a decade, probably longer than that, if we're honest. And until they're willing to tackle that subject, I mean, it's the same thing. It's like, well, you know, what about these bubbles? Okay, well, you know, like to a certain degree, I guess maybe some of those can be discussed. But I mean, a college football bubble doesn't happen unless you're paying these kids. I mean, it's just not a thing. So... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, it's just that's the that's the issue at the center of the whole thing. And um, you got presidents in charge of all this who are dealing with so many things. Austin, I talked about that yesterday, too. I know, Brennan, we've talked about it. Uh, Mark Schlissel at Michigan. Of, <laughs> it's got health and safety things that are that even supersede what's going on at Michigan. I mean, this is we're in the middle of a global pandemic. There's a billion things happening that these guys and gals are focused on and they're in charge of also running this billion dollar college football thing that's like 87th on their priority list and it's like it just right. never it's mm-hmm. never made any sense yeah msc president Rob um, solved it all We're good <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna say like msc president uh samuel stanley like that dude graduated from harvard like studied like infectious disease sure. diseases like that's like his interest area his like research area like you had to know like how he would kind of take take a, a larger look at this pandemic, how it's going to affect the university. He's already telling students like, if you can like stay home, stay off campus, but we understand like some people need to be here. And so once, you know, those comments got out and, you know, Mel Tucker's always been a guy that's like, look, it's all about player safety. Like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm completely on board with that. If you got to postpone, we got to postpone. Like he was never going to put out a statement or like, you know, take a blowtorch to the big 10 as a whole. So, <laughs> so like I kind of figured where this is going from MSU's perspective. And like, obviously the rest of the big 10 kind of made that decision collectively for the most part. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just going to be weird without a college football season. And I still don't know like what it's going to look like this fall. And when you're going to look around and like we said in the last podcast, like look around and, you know, go by the football stadium on a, yeah. on a Saturday, you know, it's just going to be empty. It's going to be so strange, but that's like the new reality for us. Yeah. yeah just, the, uh, the, the, one of the funny or not funny, even fascinating social experiments to watch from this is like how, you know, football is just emotion, right? It is yeah. just a, it is a vehicle of emotion and emotion clouds all reason. And that, like the reactions that you are seeing to this, that's what it is, where it's just, it is completely devoid of rationale Mm -hmm. and reason. Um, The other night, you know, 
I check Twitter and I see people are furious at Schlissel for not in person telling the Michigan football team that the season's canceled. And like, hmm. you know, like Zach Shaw was going off. Of that. And we like Zach. I know we've known Zach for, since he was a college student. Zach's a good guy. He's calling him a coward. I'm like, holy <laughs> Lord, what is going on here? Like, you know, this guy is the fact that Schlissel's even like getting out of bed in the morning. It's a know? tough thing for everybody. I think you that's know, the, it's, it's a disaster yeah. of yeah. just un equivocal bowl is that a word i might have made one up which is warrants this um disaster and i I just nothing you do is right yeah nothing you do is right and you can understand everyone's frustration on every level right i mean you can't i mean you can you can understand the players being frustrated i can understand the players being frustrated that the president didn't talk to them or something i mean i can i can understand that from a 22 year old's perspective a 20 year old's perspective i I get it. I mean, it. you know, I understand why they're upset. I understand why the coaches are upset. I understand why Mark Schlissel can't be there. You know, I understand all these things. It's an incredibly difficult thing to deal with, but it's also just another example of like, guys, this is like the, the sport mm-hmm. is flawed. It's not just flawed. It's just broken. They like, just don't know where we, to put their blame. Like, or No, person. and like we all just run around trying to assign blame to something where it's just like it's just a broken system that we continue to try to protect and the people that run it just will, they refuse to right. accept any any type of real progress out of this thing. And I mean, you know, we've been sitting there since March um, and the minute that those bubble concepts popped up that's the whole thing. The NBA and the NHL are continuing on with a bubble, and it's worked mm-hmm. so far. And they've been going on now for more what a month, or at least, right, or close yeah. to it anyway. Yeah. It's working. It's doable. It's viable. They found a path forward. They made it work because they're able to pay athletes. If you're a college football person or whatever, back in March and April, and the entire focus wasn't on like we need to make sure we can get these kids money so we can ask them to go into a bubble so we can play the season. Like that's the only that was the only way out of it dancing around and acting like, you know, well, you know, let's just, let's just have the kids come back and go through all this shit and then pull it out underneath their feet before they really even have it. I mean, it's just so terrible, but it's so on brand to everything that happens in college football. It's just been like this for so long. These, these coaching salaries skyrocket, the facilities skyrocket, you know, you've got, you know, expensive locker rooms and things inside of lockers, and you know the, the door handle on every single building inside is plated in gold. I but mean, it's honestly, just like, what are Nick, we doing? How, how is a football program supposed to operate without the hologram machine? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be real here. It, All right. The, the crazy part. The crazy part. It has not been that long since we exploded into this sort of stuff. It was not 15 years ago that you were dealing with college locker rooms that had like leaky roofs and stuff. It was just what it was. It was what it was. And everybody moved on and everybody did what they were supposed to do. And it's turned into just this uncontrollable mess. And I don't know. I don't know how they get out of it. Okay. Before we get back to the show, let's take a minute to hear about Indochino. All right. So this is going to be tough, but act like I'm an idiot that doesn't know anything about football. Okay. All right. And And explain to me, walk me through how spring football can happen and what it would need to look like. Um, We want it to happen, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. If it's feasible, if there's a vaccine, if who knows what could happen. Like, this was my point early on. People were like, oh, cancel the year. Like, you don't have to cancel. You don't have to cancel anything. 
No, not now. No. Time is the only thing that, you know, you can try to weaponize against the factors that we face now. So, right. Postponing was the right call. Now, how can there be some some games played? Well, I mean, I think number one, you're you're going to have to address um, the notion that these players and their families are going to have to be given assurances. Um, again, financially, but you know, I don't know if you want to dance around that. If they want to find other ways around it, I, you know, that's the one thing. But. Sure. In terms of actually putting a season together, I mean, you know, a few things have been discussed. It seems a uh, shortened window. I think both seasons, and if you were going to play one in the spring, like if you were going to start one in January or something and just bear it in the cold and deal with it, which, you know, right. I mean, like that sounds horrible, but it's not impossible. The weather is probably your le- the least of your concerns, I would think, right now. Exactly. You can play in the snow. It's exactly. okay. Yes. Um, you know, so that's one thing. But, I mean, really what it is is, if you're going to ask guys to go January through March, let's say, with a six-game season or something or whatever it is with training camp and everything else, uh, and you're going to ask them to live hit um, for those three months through the end of April and everything else and play games, and then you're going to give them presumably May, and then you're going to ask them to come back in, you know, what, July, June rather, and then right. just start hitting again in July and get ready to go for another season in the fall, that season would also, I, yeah. I, it would have to be shrunk. 100%. You know, that yep. season would, yeah, that season would have to be limited in terms of number of games. I mm-hmm. saw part of Jeff Brom's proposal today included an idea that Jim Harbaugh uh, had discussed an original idea for the fall, which was a uh, eight game season um, with one game at the end, uh, one seeded games to determine a champion. And with that, every week had only one day of, full hitting uh, padded practice. So right. you were limiting contact. Yeah. Um, part of that idea from Harbaugh was also stat- or, um, sort of geographically planning how you traveled, you know, at certain times of year, if you mm-hmm. wanted to deal with the weather. I think there's a lot of things on paper that you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, having a vaccine would certainly help and maybe get, get around uh, the idea of, you know, what are you going to do for assurances of these guys having to go out there and, and risk it? Um, but that really, to me, is the final question that it was the, it was the hurdle that they couldn't get over this time let's be clear mm-hmm. uh i can't ask these guys to go out there without being paid if one of them gets sick and dies mm-hmm. this is all over forever like right. i mean everything's over so that's the fear and you know the argument against all that from all those folks that were there was that you tell me that that's not going to be the fear in the spring and the answer from folks on high would be if you talk to people at like the admin level, whether it be a trustee or a regent or whatever, they would tell you, you know, we'll know more about it. Um, we'll know more about it in three months than we know about it right now. And, you know, I don't know how much that'll be, but we will know more. And hopefully, you know, we'll have a the risk will be more manageable, I think, is is the ultimate. And that's just difficult for people to understand. But that's sort of the reality of the situation. Yeah. Sorry. To me, I was going to say, like. Let's be clear. This this is really about buying time, and you know, if you if you postpone to the spring, then maybe maybe there's a vaccine by then. Who knows? Like maybe people are more desperate to play football by then, knowing like all the financial ramifications. If you yeah. don't have a season, even if it's an extension of the 2020 season, pushing into spring, you know. Um, but the liability concerns will will still be there if you're not paying players. If you're not offering some sort of like, you know, hey. This is going to get you through the season. You know, it's just just something there. Otherwise, you can look down the road like five, ten years from now, 
see one of those like commercials from like a lawyer saying like, are you a former college athlete? Did you get COVID-19 during the season? Did you not get any Like, like that's what schools will be concerned about. That's what like the NCAA will be concerned about. So like, that's like the perfect wisdom. Yeah. That's amazing. (laughs) Like, I don't know. I I just feel like there's, there's still going to be questions, but I don't know. Maybe they're more motivated to get it done in the spring. And, and if you can find a way to do it safely, again, like Nick said, you're absolutely not playing a full like 12 game season mm-hmm. plus bowl season, like in the spring, it'd have to be like eight games or something like that. And the same thing in the fall that's, you can't make them play 24 games in one year. Like that's ridiculous. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, if they want to make it happen, like it seems like some coach coaches are already putting out their proposals just to like, you know, put some pressure on, on these, like the people in charge of making these decisions, I guess. All right. So Explain to me this. In 2017 football season, the world champion Philadelphia Eagles played four preseason games, 16 regular season games, three playoff games. All right. So it's 23 games. I know they're professionals. I understand that. Um, But played 23 games in a season and then, you know, played a full season the next year. Um, It's not ideal to play that many games in a year, but like, um, just tell me what, like, explain to me the, the physical tolls, why it's impossible if those years right. are crunched together. The, the, the body, and the best way I can describe it is this. Basketball, for example, right, is, is a game that obviously you need to be in shape for, your body needs to be right, and there needs to be recovery time and all that. To a degree, if you've not played basketball for a couple weeks or something, you know, you could get your wind back, get it back out there, and you're and you're ready to go. There are there is a toll that is taken on the body that goes through that much contact for that many weeks at a time that needs, you know, I mean, it needs a. That's why the schedule is what it is. When the when the Eagles go through their season of you know they play they start hitting in July that year, right? They finish up in February, and then they have March, April, May, and June to gather themselves, and they hit it in July, and again. On top of that, let's be clear, 23 games in a year is ridiculous. It's too mm-hmm. much. Yeah. The NFL mm-hmm. season is too long. Yeah. Right. The exhibition season is too long. It's all too long. It's all too much. That's a situation, you know, regardless of everything else anyone wants to say about how tough they are. I mean, I get that part of it too, but like, it's too much. It's it's too much at the NFL level. However, they're being paid, you know, tens of millions of dollars in some cases to do it. So they're going to, you know, have a better uh, the risk is is going to be more manageable. In this case, it's just not. It's already, in my opinion, if you, so Alabama and these two schools who go through 12-game regular season, they play a conference championship game, they play two playoff games, they're playing 15 games in a college season, that's too much. Mm. That already, in my opinion, is mm. too much for one year. The hitting and the violence that goes on in a football game and the, and the time needed to get the body back into condition to where it can put up with it, I mean, the... the the, the attrition on the body through an entire season, like when they tell you no one's healthy in November, like that's not bullshit. They're not making that up. No one is healthy in November. They can't, their bodies are just beat to hell by the time they get to the end of that year and they need time. I mean, it's, it's, it's mental as it is physical for everyone involved. There's so much that goes into it. You just can't, you just can't pick up football and play like it's any other sport because it's not. I mean, it's, there's so much more that goes on into it. What's, what's maybe most impressive is that. After 23 games, and then after 16 more, or actually 20 more the following year, the Eagles, they dragged 
their corpses onto the field and still beat the Bears in the first round of that next year's playoffs. Unbelievable. It's too soon, man. Why are you doing that to me? Still have nightmares about the double dunk, man. Just warriors out there, you know. But, like, that's part of it, you know. It's just a different pace. I mean, like, the only thing I – I mean, hockey is interesting to me right now. Like, yeah. what are they – you know, what are they going to do with that? I mean, that's a physical sport. That's that's a sport that you, your body's going to need. You know, we want to talk about hockey. By God, they play 82 hockey games in the season. Like, yeah. that's, already, that's already, like, way too much, right? So, you know, but they get paid, and, I, and that's the difference. And um, when we're talking about college, when we're talking about a contact sport like that, when they're not getting paid, man, I, I mean, mm-hmm. it's just a different conversation. It's not one that we can have anymore, I don't think, with all the things we know, Medically and everything else, you know, regardless of a pandemic, you just I don't know how it continues like this. I just don't. Yeah. I mean, NIL would be the start. And hopefully uh, that can, you know, maybe curb some of this and that can lead to some other things. But um, and, right. and, you know, people do seem responsive to that. So hopefully that uh, that continues through. Yeah. Colton, what what do you like at the at the singular program level when like when you look at Michigan State with the uncertainty of. What, you know, will there, won't there be a season in the spring? If so, what does it look like? Blah, blah, blah. What do the next, what do you think the next like five months will look like? They're still working out right now, right? Because you get, you have voluntary time or whatever, but like what happens next here? Yeah, I think there's some unanswered questions still with that. I mean, I was told, and a lot of schools are doing this, not just Michigan State or Michigan, but like they're going to move to like the summer workout format. Basically, they're going to take that and extend it to the fall. Um, so that means working out in pods and, and based on like who you're living with and kind of isolating those groups, not having like a ton of big team activities, but, you know, I'm sure there's still going to be some like uh, some sort of adjustments made to that schedule where coaches can still have some film room meetings and, and things like that. And I think the extra time is going to help a program like Michigan state that has, you know, a new coaching staff and didn't have a ton of time to work with those guys on field. Like if they had played, the season starting September 5th, I think it would have been like a shit show just based, based on the, based on the lack of time and everything. Like that's just the reality of it. Any coach will tell you like, there's no way this is insane for us. to like. It, it wasn't safe either. I don't think. Right. Not having the time to like properly ramp up right. like that for sure. And so I think the way Michigan state coaches are looking at it is like, it, this is more time to get to know the roster, evaluate the players, get to know them on a personal level since they haven't, they've only been communicating over zoom for such a long time. And so all that factors into like being ready for the start of the season. So I think they'll be, you know, better equipped if there is a spring season to get, to get off to a good start, I guess. I don't, I still don't think they're going to be like a particularly good team or competing for a conference championship, but I think you have to feel better about where you are as a program. And, you know, maybe that can give you some proper footing and you can use that tape, whatever you you can play to show your recruits. This is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to use you. And this is how we see you fitting into our offense and just having something to show them whenever you can play football is going to be good. I'll say this, Brendan, in in response to something Colton said there about the safety and overall, like what it would have looked like in September if they'd actually played. Did you ever ever read uh, the story that Mike Rosenberg wrote with Calvin Johnson about um, the toll that his body went through during those seasons? It was a marijuana type story as well. I do remember remember that. that. Yeah. Mike, friend of the show, Mike Rosenberg, your neighbor. A neighbor. Right? Yeah. A neighbor. <laughs> but that story really does, in so many ways, if people haven't read that, it was it was very well done. But, you know, Calvin uh, Johnson's obviously an NFL player, and it's, you know, they're playing more games and everything else, but it, it, he's, he's taking you through sort of, 
you know, what the body goes through Mm -hmm. during a football season. And it is just brutal. And they need time to ramp up. That's why they have acclimatization periods. You know, certain days you can practice with only helmets and then pads and you ramp your body up to where you're ready to do it. You can't just walk out there. This isn't the 50s or the (laughs) 60s or the 70s. We know more about medical, you know, like... And to the crowd of people that wants to ignore all that stuff, I don't know what to tell you anymore. The world has moved forward with technology and things of that nature that we can't just ignore and act like aren't happening. And and that's a frustration on a different level. Well, that's, Nick, maybe uh, if you didn't part. hate my freedom so much that... Yeah, well, you know, I mean, that's a separate, and, separate conversation. But like, <laughs> to tack on everything Nick just said, like... They're still going to school. Like college is tough. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the, the, the things you go through in college, like have, being stressed out over oh. tests and studying, like they're still doing all of that while basically doing like what an NFL player is going through, having that workload. And if you're telling them to play 24 games in a year while also going to class, that's just oh ridiculous. <laughs> like they need hazard pay at that yeah, point. Yeah, exactly. Right? It's like these are 20-year-old kids too, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Like they were going to – I mean, Michigan was so proud of those kids for making it through the eight weeks or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were no other students on campus other than the other players and other sports. But I'm going to tell you this. I sat, I was over there at Chimbuck Hall the other day. I watched those guys come out, uh, go into the building. Across the street from Chimbuck Hall, is a, there's houses, student houses. There were students in the front yard <laughs> playing beer pong in their bathing suits across the street. In, in a month, Yeah. you know, when more are back, I got to tell you, like, if you've trained all summer and you've gone through this rigorous situation, if you if you're a 20 year old kid or a 21 year old kid, and one day you say I got to go blow some steam off, no one's gonna know. That's what they're gonna do. Yeah. I mean, like you can't. I mean, you can't trust it every single one of them. I mean, you can hope. I mean, but I mean, it, it would have been challenging. It would have been more than challenging, sure. and you were asking too much of them. I mean, that's really. What I mean, you see, by the way. Nick, Nick said students playing in, in big air quotes for those watching. It was actually him and, yeah. and Austin <laughs> and, uh, and Aaron McMahon. They were all just out there in their swim trunks. I stopped by for 14 <laughs> beers and, and then went out home. But, you know, yeah. Sorry, Colton. Sorry to interrupt you. No, you're good. I was just going to say, like, even even pros are like, you look at baseball and the, the, the Indians, sure. you know, like they, they had two of their pitchers, like, go out in Chicago just because they want to have a good time. And, like, <laughs> Can't do yeah. It. So, like, if they can't do it, what, like, do we trust the self-control of a 19-year-old to go to a party when he's, like, feeling some stress? Like, it's normal. Like, yeah. that – I mean, everyone wants to do that, but, like, we can't right, in these listen, times if, right now. If, if apps if apps at a uh, strip club can take down an entire NF- NBA team <laughs> – No, wings, right? Was that Magic City wings? Well, yeah, well, wings are Brandon, appetizers. Have you ever had those? I've not. <laughs> I've been to some interesting places in my life. I've never been there for – and if I did go, I don't know if it'd be for the wings, but <laughs> yeah, right, there you go. <laughs> so there's a lot of reasons, obviously, but it's just uh, you, I felt, you know, I think we all did. We felt it for the the kids and and the coaches, and I understood everyone's frustration. But um, I just if if folks aren't going to get serious about talking about some of the issues that are seriously impacting the ethics of college football, you know, in this time, then. Um, you know, I'm not real sure where it goes because, I mean, again, like I saw today, um, I think it was Shannon Ryan shared a tweet from a do- uh, medical uh, NCA doctor. Yeah, I um, talked to reporters this morning. I saw that. Yeah, about uh, – and I can't remember the name. It wasn't uh, – I can't remember which name – who it was. But the, the quote was basically like, I feel like 
we've hit an iceberg and everyone is playing music on the deck of the Titanic here instead of just like trying to figure out how to, you know, help people off the boat. And in the SEC, the Big 12 and the ACC, I have no idea how you explain to me any other way than, than that's exactly what that is. People standing on, you know, playing songs. Well, when the Big Ten released a schedule last week with no intention of playing it, like, what was that? And, you know, that's the stuff that's hard to square. And uh, eventually we'll move on from that and just accept it as another example of, you know, poor leadership in college football. But uh, it, hopefully the change comes, you know. It was Dr. Carlos Del Rio, the Infectious, Del Rio. Defectious, yeah. Infectious Diseases Society of America, during a Zoom call with NCAA medical advisors on COVID-19 and college football. That's from Shannon Ryan from the trip. Yeah. Um, so. Meanwhile, but, you know, the good news in all this is that Tom Izzo says there's going to be a basketball season. We got nothing to worry about, boys. So let's uh, <laughs> let's get it going. Yeah. When... He had me juiced up when we were talking this morning. <laughs> I was like, well, shit, I'll, I won't even bother with the golf. Was Never there a shooting? <laughs> was there a shooting star last night that I missed? Like that we all wished on? Like, I mean, was there a plan behind this? I mean, joking aside, he thinks that um, that it it is as long as they move quickly and try to come up yeah. with with a plan, um, it's not outside the realm of possibility to create bubbles in college basketball. Um, and it's not right. Like I feel like now. The verbiage that people just hear bubbles, they just think of what the NBA right. is yes. doing. Like that point. is not what it would be. Right. And you're not going to take 300 college basketball teams and stick them at Disney. Like it's not that. It would actually. <laughs> oh my God. Like, can you imagine? You know what? <laughs> what, what, it, what it would be is, um, you know, doing kind of these mini pockets. Yep. And it would have to, you know, everyone has the same testing standards and everyone would need you know, that be following the same protocols and then you meet at one place and you're there for who knows a week or however much time. And when I bring up, you know, okay, well, what about the books? Right. That's going to be your pushback when, when you're talking this way. And he said, you know, everything's on, everything's online anyway. Um, If anything, having them off campus and having them in a hotel where you're actually monitoring them basically 24 hours a day, it's what the academics are probably be better. Um, and that's, you know, this is him talking, not me. I don't, I have no idea how any of this would look or, but this is just why he thinks it's a feasible thing. And whether it's non-conference included or just a 2024, 26, whatever game conference schedule, um, you know, he, he thinks it's happening. Um, I can see that December start, no less. I mean, I don't, I'm not buying that. I, I think no. if it happens, it would have to be a January one or a February one start and you just, you prolong it. But um, yeah, he's, and this was not like when I was talking to him, it was not a situation of, all right, I'm saying this, but then like, you know, I mean, we'll see though. I don't, I don't really know what's going to happen. Like it wasn't, there was not buffered. It was just like, yeah. no. We're finding a way. All right. Well, I mean, go for it. I think that's that's <laughs> that's that's time as though trying to put people's minds at ease. I assume probably else. including uh, his own players, right? Which is fine. You know, and everybody's got to do at this point sure. you know, whatever they've got to do. I mean, I can see. You know, the more I've thought about that, is the a, a, a bubble type situation in a tournament setting. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. where you, I think they can have the NCAA tournament. I do. I think that that's possible. I mean, they already basically seclude them and take yes. them out of school. You know, we've already agreed that that's 
acceptable, I suppose. So they do that already. I think you could do that. I don't think you can do it for three months. And that's the thing you're going to come back to because every time they leave that bubble, are they going to come back to campus and work out or are they just going to be somewhere for three months? And, you know, without, I don't know. I mean, that's the thing where, um, but of course, basketball is also different in that it's not as many people. You can pare down the number of people that are needed to be around, you know, students and everything else. Um, it's more manageable because there's less people. I think that that's probably the the state of the uh, best optimistic piece or whatever the basketball has right now. But they are facing a lot of the same situations, and we haven't even talked about the the, the scholarship bottleneck and everything else. As you know, there's still unanswered questions about recruiting. Um, you know, the the fifth year or the extra year on the five year cycle has been insured by the NCA. Does is this are the schools on the book? You know, they got to, mm-hmm. to carry the weight of all those. Scholarships all the way across. Are you going to expand the number to like football is already at 85? Are you going to expand that to 120 and then pay for all those too? I mean, you know, there's with with a 120 million dollar hole in your budget. So there's a lot of unanswered questions. Uh, starting with the kids who are on campus right now, and uh, <laughs> are kind of like, what are we supposed to do? Right. Although school will be starting soon. Uh, so they will have that, but you know it's also going to be half virtual, uh, mostly virtual, I think. And I think Michigan State Golden has already told kids, if you can stay home, stay home, right? Yeah. So um, I think Michigan. I don't know if Michigan's actually said that uh, this in the same way. Maybe they have, but I think that's kind of the idea. So tough stuff, man. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, yeah, nor do I. Um, but you know. It was Dan Gavitt's comments to, I thought, uh, Dana O'Neill were, were pretty interesting. That's a Q&A that people should probably check out. Yeah. Um, man, like people at the college level, they I, I would be – I think they will release some sort of actual plan for what this season could conceivably look like as opposed to football – where yes. they just ran right up basically like on the bumper of the season, right? With no actual plan mm-hmm. or, or nothing, nothing universally accepted. And it created this, it created this week. It was a total shit show. Right. Everyone's mm-hmm. going in 10 different directions. Like I do think college basketball will have learned the lesson from football and come up with right. something. Now, whether that's ex- gets executed, right. Or if they start a season and ends up getting canceled, who knows, but like, I don't think it'll be this within one hellscape of a week. Every league is deciding on a whim what it's doing and, and all this. Like, I think there will be a singular plan. Well, the tournament is run by the NCAA. Right. And so in that sense, the NCAA can actually control that. Whereas in college football, as we continue to establish that it's not the case. Yeah, right. So, you know, and, and, or power five football, I should yeah. say. And as we've talked about on the show, right, the NCAA – I know we only talk about it in football and, and men's basketball yeah. terms, but the NCAA, the institution that it is, which is run by the schools, it oversees and conducts 90 different championships in 24 yeah. different sports over multiple, multiple divisions. The money behind that, a massive chunk of it comes from March Madness. So yeah. whatever the hell you got to do <laughs> to come up with some plan yeah. to make sure that thing is played you got to do basketball should look at football and just say we're doing the exact opposite <laughs> of everything you guys did here it was a mess yes yeah and that's going to be i mean good luck good luck yeah. mm. telling those football players 
if they have to watch an NCAA tournament as they're on month 14 oh, of yeah. not being able to do anything. Mm-hmm. Sorry. I mean, that's just, I mean, I just don't understand how college football continues to operate in this mm-hmm. setting. I mean, it's got to break off into some sort of, I don't know what it would look like, but you got to do something because it can't, it can't continue to, to operate like this. This is just, we got people all over the place just continuing to try to ignore, you know, the reality of the situation is that it's not an ethical setup anymore. I mean, how many coaches have we heard call it a business in the last like <laughs> just, couple weeks? Just saying it. Remember when no one would actually ever say that? Right. Now people are just saying it. They don't give a shit. Anymore. Yeah, I was just saying we, we depend on this money, like straight up, like <laughs> our economy on the line, like college town. So I mean, Scott Frost says the longer you keep a business closed, the harder it is to keep going. Then he says we're going to find a way to make money this season, one way or the right. other, and I, that's all options open. As he winks at leaving the league, which has been debunked now, the Nebraska pulled back on that mess. But it was also like, what do you guys, the league pays you for TV rights. You can't have fans in the stands. What are you talking about? I heard, or I saw a tweet yesterday, I think it was, that Dabo Sweeney was against unions, but for a players association. Spider-Man meme. What? At each other. <laughs> it's the same thing. Like, I don't know what, what he's talking about. So, like, I mean, there's political parts of this. Donald Trump tweeting about college football, for the love of God. Like, that doesn't do anyone any favor. Are we calling okay? Trevor like, Lawrence well, for that? Calling like, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. <laughs> What what happened on that conversation? No I idea. can't even imagine what that conversation <laughs> was like. What is this? What are we doing here? You know, like so there was just and, and that was disappointing to see as well. Uh, you know that those messages of because I, I do I think the coaches and players when they had those messages of we want to play right and the parents supporting them I think people looked at that as God you guys are being so careless and just like you're, you're just being reckless and I don't think that that was what they were trying to say. Mm-hmm. I think they were trying to say, give us an opportunity to continue to work and try to figure this out. A little out. bit more time, at least. Yeah. yeah. And and it was disappointing to see that message get taken by a group of people who has another agenda and sort of, you know, try to rail on it from that side or, you know, rally behind it, I guess, in that sense. Mm-hmm. But it's tough. I mean, I feel for everybody. I mean, it's just a bad situation. I mean, people at Michigan, Michigan State, everybody um, in any college arena, whatever, you know, is concerned about. You know, their jobs, what what happens next. Um, it's an impossible situation for a lot of people. And and ultimately, as we continue to try to blame folks, as people do, I mean, like the, everybody knows the situation here. We, we could have, as a country, decided uh, we were going to kick this thing in any, what was it, August 13th? This thing started in March, guys, or February, mm-hmm. January even. I mean, we could have, we could have done something. And, and you know, as a, as a collective, we didn't. And that's... Anyone arguing that at this point, I'm not really sure. I love your. If theory. I have an answer for you, I love your theory of the not even theory. Your uh, your take that <clears throat> some coaches just view this as like some kind of like an actual game, like an, an actual they, they game do. versus well, the co- versus COVID nineteen, mm-hmm. as if COVID like has its own well shit on the chalkboard. <laughs> but I think <laughs> I think that in some ways maybe that gets. Maybe that's part of it. And the more I've thought about it, um, I do think that what they did view as a game in some capacity was not a game, but like you're challenging me to find a way to make this work. I'm going to do that. Like that's um, the competitive person in me is a crazy, you know, that's everybody who plays football is a crazy competitive person, right? They were challenged. They were told find a way and they put everything they had into trying to find a way and they felt like they didn't get any support on the back end of it. And that that's ultimately... 
I think where all the frustration really lived, you know, where it was, I don't think it was in the Big Ten, you know, with with whether it be Jim Harbaugh's statements. I mean, I don't know what, I mean, Ryan Day's were politicking, I guess, but it was also in support of his guys who were trying hard, you know, and I, and I mean, people can take them any way they want, but in, in that sense, I just thought that, that was coaches trying to look out for their guys, and I can't fault them for that because those kids were put through a pretty tough spot. Didn't, didn't we, I'm pretty sure the athletic <laughs> – Quoted, uh, was it the UMass coach that said, "Yes, Cal- Walt yeah, Walt Bell yeah. said that college football, like the season getting postponed, was worse yeah. than the death of his parents." Right. Like, so what are we that? doing here? <laughs> what? Yeah. Lou Holtz, I believe, has compared it to storming the beaches at Normandy a few times that. now. Uh, Name one thing that's different. Urban uh, gave an interview railing on the impossibility of anything moving forward from what a yacht with, with, with a naked, naked guy, guy in the, back. the background. Like guys, just stop giving air to these people. <laughs> They're not involved. The people who are on the ground doing this stuff are the ones that that really, and they're the ones that care about the things that matter. They really are. And I think they want what's best for all the kids. I mean, those coaches and staffers and everything else. I feel for them because it's, oh, it's a, tough. Yeah. It's a really tough spot. Well, the uh, one of my. One of my favorites was uh, uh, Harbaugh quoting Teddy Roosevelt. Snuck that, yeah. that one in there. We'll have yeah. Rich, <laughs> you know, well, Teddy Roosevelt had some thoughts on safety in football. So, you know, mm. it's interesting. Yeah, that part of it, you know, like, I'm not so sure. You know, that's that's probably a separate conversation, right? The, the whole, like, you know, what, what you want to do with your life in terms of you know, are you are you going to continue to be afraid of something that you don't have answers to? Or are you just going to risk it? Like, that's something that people have conversations about in their own yeah. lives, I, you know, like. But in terms of, you know, dealing with a bunch of college students and their lives, like, you can't. Well, they're not making decisions. decisions yeah, I was going to say, they're not making those decisions yeah. for themselves. So why should, right. you know, people make them for them, you know? Right. And that's the hard part. So, um, I don't know. I mean, hopefully the they can find a way to do something in spring, you know, whether it be, I mean, you know, like a, a spring practice or something, you know, even if that, even if that's all you do is go through an extended spring period where you get some more football work in. Cause that's really the thing too, is they're losing, they're losing football work. You can't improve as a player. You can't develop as a, you cannot do it without playing. Like you just, you can train and run and do all these things and that that'll help. But again, like basketball, you can pick up a basketball and go work on your stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't do that if you're a if you're a guard in in football. You can to a degree, but there's a ceiling on that that's pretty low. And you know they haven't had pads on and they haven't hit since January first. I mean, nobody's getting any better really at, at their craft, and that's really what they're here to do. And um, so hopefully they can find some way to do something, and um, you know before next fall. And hopefully we're not sitting in this exact situation next August, which you know I don't know who knows at this mm-hmm. point. Yeah, I think it'll be fine. <laughs> well, I think the NFL is gonna gonna figure something out here, one way or the other. So we'll see. Maybe they'll learn something from the NFL. I don't know. You know, maybe that's part of it too. But I mean, the money part in college football is still the thing that, until that's tackled, um, it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough to, uh, especially in the Big Ten. Especially in the Big Ten. I mean, uh, you know. A league that is filled, except for Nebraska, I guess, with uh, the AAU schools and everything else, and the presidents that are involved in that. You know, it's going to be difficult for sure. But I don't know. Got anything else, Brennan? You want to talk golf? 
I, I don't know if anyone uh, wants anything to do with that. Uh, Colton, what was the final count that you uh, you made on that Papa shot on that video? Uh, it was, it was uh, 78. I was trying to get to at least 80, so it was too short. Very impressive. 78 straight. So, pretty good. Nick, what was the question we got asked in the uh, live Q&A today? Um, it was, uh, what comes first, Colton, or what's, what's the better odds of happening? Colton hitting 100 straight or Michigan State getting through whatever the next season is with only one quarterback as the starter. <laughs> Oh, I would take Colton in a heart. <laughs> yeah. That's what we said. Yeah. We agreed on that. Yeah. I said, uh, Colton, it should be 500 shots in a row by the time we get to the Big Ten Championship game of 2021 Part 2 mm-hmm. held on the moon uh, next fall. Yeah. Whatever. Maybe uh, each Saturday this fall I can just put on a live stream and just like try to, try to get to 100. <laughs> Three, and <a> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Three and a half hours of pop yeah. shot. Yo, what's up with uh, these people criticizing the way I say golf? <laughs> oh, you just not realizing this? I didn't realize you said it until you just said it. Like, like that. golf. Uh, golf. Why do you prefer to use the word L in golf? Yes, golf. I've had a lot golf. of people tweeting lately. It's like you're saying golf, like G A L F. Like, yeah. So one person said it was like Jared Goff. Is it golf or goff? Like that's. I don't even realize I do it. So, but I, you know, you I feel very, I feel very, I am, I feel very attacked. <laughs> I don't know if you, you know, were attacking for that. That's all right. I'm the only, I'm the only one around here. It's tournament who, all over. Exactly. Again. I'm the only one who pronounces yeah. tournament correctly. So yeah. I'll take that to the grave. <laughs> no, How do you tournament. pronounce it, Colton? Tournament. No, no, it isn't. Tournament. Here in the Midwest, my friend, <laughs> we pronounce it a certain <laughs> way. What, what are, just, you, just like Myers, <laughs> putting an S at the end of Myers, you know? That's a, Colton, my dude, <laughs> what are the first four letters of the word? T O T T O U R. T-O-U-R. Sure, yeah. What's that? What's that bike? What's that bike race? What does? What's that bike race called? Tournament. It's the. I'm sick of tour. The tour. All right. All right. All right. Well, this is uh, where this always ends. This, uh, <laughs> it's completely off the rails. Yeah. yeah. Um, we appreciate everyone listening. We appreciate the great Colton Pouncey for coming on. Colton, have you had any uh, good meals up in Lansing of late? Uh, I had a Crunchy's burger the other day. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Got to get some little takeout action or did you, did you sit there? Takeout. Okay. I would like to sit down at some point. Uh, All right. Still holding off a little bit, but. Yeah. I, I have a shout out for Ann Arbor. Um, uh, bar at Braun Court, which is in like the Carytown oh, yeah. area of town. Uh, it's a very cool bar that's usually like up on the second floor. Uh, obviously, they're closed indoors, but they've got a really nice outdoor seating area. It's really good to sit down and uh, get some work done if you want. And you order your drinks on the app. They just yell it out. You go get it. All contactless. It's pretty dope. Their food is awesome. Um, pizza is really, really good. So uh, check that out. I, uh, I was there yesterday and it was delightful. Nick, you got Sounds anything? Good. You guys had anything? Or you're just you're just bunkered in, aren't you? You got the baby. You're just yeah. you're just done. My life is uh, <laughs> is quite a bit different uh, these days than it once was. We'll put it that way. Yeah. All right. Well, folks, maybe uh, grab a grab a meal out today and uh, make sure you tip those bartenders and servers when you do. Thanks for listening. I seen hot towns all my day.